0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, Lift off. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkinSports.com, and this is the WorkinSports Podcast. In case you weren't sure, 2020 is still a massive kick to the you-know-whats rest in power ruth bader ginsburg a champion of equality for all people and the rule of law you will be missed uh for everyone dealing with the wildfires hurricanes and our global pandemic please stay safe this is a time for diligence not complacency i know we all want to get back to normal but right now that just isn't our reality so be safe and be smart and care for your fellow citizens before we get started with today's question we have a new segment i like to call it the stat line I get asked just about every day about the state of the sports industry, so we're going to give you a quick update each week based on our data at workinsports.com. In case you didn't know, we're the leading job board for the sports industry and have been for a little over uh, 20 years. So we've got a little bit of history here. The stat line will consist of at least three valuable data points for you how many jobs are currently in our database, whether that is an increase or decrease over the previous week and month top categories for job postings. And we're going to highlight three currently active jobs on our site that I think are interesting. So the last one's kind of subjective. The other ones are more data-based. So let's start with the top number. 15,763 active jobs right now on our site. That's a good number. Lots of opportunities. And again, just to give a little bit of preface, I will give uh, change metrics each week as we do this. But for right now, let's go back even further and say in February, we had about 25,000 jobs on our job board. So we are down from that number. But to give it some added perspective, we were down to about 8,000 in April. So after coronavirus hit, plummet. Big time, right? We've climbed back up to 15,700, almost 16,000. We've been over 16,000 a little bit. We're hovering around this number right now, but what that's showing is some positive job data. And that's good news for all of you. That's a lot of opportunities. It is important to see the trends though. In the last week, we've added 2,392 jobs. Last seven days, 2,392 sports jobs posted on our job board. The week prior to that, we added 1,842 it's a short-term trend but it's positive right you're at you're at a plus 500 number for week over week job postings that's good right as for categories where's the growth okay we have nine categories on our job board uh right now just to give you a kind of overarching top three kind of number two thousand three hundred and forty three jobs in media slash creative in that category remember even without fans, teams, leagues, and organizations are still creating content for their digital and social platforms and other outreach. Okay, content is still really high in demand. We have over 6,000 active opportunities and op- active opportunities in retail and lifestyle. What does that mean? Well, some of those are—I will be just honest with you—retail jobs that are like working the register, exporting Sporting Goods. No offense, Dix. We're not, we're not downplaying you. We love you. In fact, if you want to sponsor this podcast, call me. But there are also a lot of jobs in the lifestyle part of that category. And what I mean by that is that's huge brands like Puma, Adidas, Nike, Under Armour. These brands, these apparel and lifestyle brands are thriving right now, and they are huge businesses. Think of everything that could be done in any business anywhere, and they are being done at Puma, Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, et cetera. There's all kinds of jobs in these fields and they're huge operations. Okay. These are important jobs. Tech data is the third category right now, just over 2,000 jobs in that area. And that includes esports. Esports, obviously, is a huge growth sector. It also includes analytics, it also includes any kind of big data processing, business analytics as it applies to. Uh, teams and organizations and leagues and how they can maximize their revenue. So there's a lot of opportunities there as well. So this is all, these are all data points to help you get focused. Now, I have a little bit of fun. My three favorite jobs of the week, and this is from last Monday until this Monday. There's a Zamboni operator, <laughs> which is about 30 minutes from my house, which could make a great backup plan and always makes me think of Happy Gilmore, and one of my favorite scenes of that movie. And if you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, You should, because we all need a little bit of laughter in our life right now. Not all Adam Sandler movies are good. I'm just going to say it right now, but that is one. That is one. There's an assistant general manager job for a summer collegiate wood bat league, which just sounds awesome. A lot of sales and partnership work in there, because obviously assistant general manager isn't just about selecting talent. It's about running the business operation, and what a great thing to have on your resume doing something like that. The director of video content for the Tennessee Titans. I mean... If that were me, I'd be drooling all day making videos of Derrick Henry stiff arms on loops, and I'd get to work with former guest Amy Wells, so that would be fun. All right, that is the stat line. If you have any data you want me to share on a regular basis, let me know. I want to help you all be smarter about your job search, and sometimes getting through that data is really cool to give you some perspective. I'll go through it a little faster in the future. This was kind of set the stage episode, okay? On to today's topic. Sometimes as I prep this show and go through the myriad of questions we receive each week, rather than handle a specific question, I kind of notice a theme which we can dive into. Again, if you want to submit a question for our Work in Sports Podcast Monday episode, you can email me, bclap at workinsports.com, or you can ask me via LinkedIn, or you can ask me via our private Facebook group. Of course, you have to join that group first. That's easy. Search for the Work in Sports Podcast on Facebook and answer a few questions. I'll let you in, and then you can ask your question. Pretty cool, right? It's an incredible group for networking and other sports career minded people with other sports career minded people. So jump in. So, the pattern. Many, many questions have come in lately with topics like I can't decide what sports career I want. I can't decide which role to take. I can't decide what to include on my resume. I can't decide what to wear for my interview. And it got me thinking, we have a problem with decision making. Now let me set some of the stage here. I'm a strong believer that being able to make decisions and not just follow them is vitally important in life, all of your life, not just your work life. You know how people say all the time that everyone works in sales because you sell yourself and your ideas and your products, whether you realize it or not, right? Everybody has sales in their blood. They have to. I feel the same way about effective decision making. We all have to make decisions every damn day for our health, our finances, our careers, our lifestyle. So how do you get good at it? How do you get confidence in it? How do you make other people around you feel confident in your decision making? These are all important parts of that process. We as a society spend tons of time looking backward and saying to ourselves, if I had only done X at that moment, things would be different. If I'd only invested in Apple back in 2005, if I only decided to start running last month, I'd be way ahead. If I'd only decided to say yes to that dinner date, stop looking back, make a better plan to move forward decisively. The fact is most of us are programmed to make decisions based on fear, low self-esteem, and a lack of willpower. Ugh. It sounds awful when you say it, but think to yourself for a second, how often do you make choices out of fear, doubt, or a lack of desire to challenge your normal paths? I mean, sign me up for all of those. Sounds terrible when you say it out loud, but like, it's just legit. So now here's the deal. There are extremely process-driven methods to making decisions. Identify your goals, evaluate options, think through potential outcomes, make your best choice, communicate your choice. This is all true but it's rigid. It doesn't involve involve any emotion. Logic is super important in decision-making, but you have to use both sides of your brain. You've probably heard over and over again about left and right sides of your brain. You know, your left is the logical side and your right is the emotional side and everyone will try to tell you you're more dominant towards one side or the other. You're either more creative or you're more process driven and blah, blah, blah. It is vitally important during any decision-making that you balance the two components, logic and emotion too logical and you fall into a trap of doing what you've always done and what everyone else has always done and you repeat too emotional you'll react quickly and impulsively find the balance between both challenge your emotions with logic challenge your impulses with process now if that sounds like the start to paralysis by analysis where you're just gonna sit in a loop of like logic and emotion and never really get to any decision-making settle down don't have an anxiety attack We're just talking about balance to start, and that shouldn't make you freak out, Okay, Balance is a good thing. Number one, now we're getting into the actionable items. Number one, identify the problem and your goals. We get distracted easily. Sometimes we make a simple choice appear really hard and complex. The old keep it simple adage works. Isolate the problem. What are you trying to decide? What is it? What are your goals in solving this problem? Don't try to solve everything related to the problem. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to take on too much. Identify the problem that you're trying to fo- uh, that you're trying to solve or, or make a decision on. Identify the problem, focus and fix. What does this choice really mean for you? What do you want? What does success look like to you in this situation or for your organization or for your family? Before you make a decision, you have to understand the effects of your choice. Any decision that you make causes a chain of events to happen. We'll talk about consequences in a little bit, bit, but this is important to keep in frame of mind for an overarching theme. What exactly is the problem that needs to be solved and why does this problem need to be solved? Understanding why you have to make a particular decision and the consequences therein will better serve you in staying with it and defending it. Because once you make the choice, you got to be able to stick with it right and if you really understand the why you'll be better at that part which comes later number two this is where we start to bring in a little bit of emotion to it it's not just a logical process of identifying and setting goals number two is visualize in any decision-making visualize I'm a very visual person and you can be too but everybody visualizes differently That that word means different things to different people When i was actively competing in sports before every game i'd visualize moments i'd play them out in my mind with a goal of seeing what success looks like the end result get the ball here the defense is aligned this way see the whole field diagonal pass if the defense goes this way attack the wide zone if they go that way i'd play it out in my head i'd see it beforehand and i'd see myself making the right choices and it resulting in the right outcome this powerful tool my mind gave me great confidence that I knew how to act at the moment. I played out the scenarios. Visualize your potential decisions with a lens of what success looks like to you. How do the options play out? Everyone has different ideas of what success looks like, so don't just play out the scenario. Match it up with your idea of success. Number three, now we go back to that process side a little bit. Gather information, research look to other industries and trusted sources talk to experts and professionals the more valued information you gather the better your decisions can be but big caveat here talking to others and researching are just data points for you to make the ultimate decision you they are not the ultimate decision makers you are do not abdicate your responsibility to the process by leaning too heavily on others thoughts or research you have to put your own filter into it these are all just data points for example you have to choose your career path but doing research into options and listening to our podcast so you can learn about what's out there and what the career paths look like can help you make the right decision it's one of your tools not the ultimate decision okay number four consider the consequences the older I get, the better at this I become. When I was younger, I followed my gut all the damn time. I felt my intuition and experience is what got me here. Like whatever got me, whatever role I was in, I was there because of my intuition, my gut instinct, and the experience I've gathered to this point. And that's what I'm going to go with. What I often didn't see back then was how any individual decision affected other people and the decisions for the business and other, you know, business, bigger business decisions that would affect the future next month and next year. For example, I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm the news director at Fox sports Northwest. We get a scoop on two members. This is a true story. We get a scoop on two members of the Portland trailblazers getting busted for DUI. We are all over it reporting like champs. And we go to air with the story in a strict journalism sense. Awesome. That's what you would do. Smart. Everything I've been trained, but we weren't really journalists. We were a TV show supporting the area sports teams. My title may have been news director, but not really. And I knew that. My choice to go hard on the air with this and leaning into my CNN training of journalism, right, affected our ability to land a huge deal with the Portland Trailblazers as their media partner. They looked at us and said, wait, if you guys are going to publish this negative stuff about us and go report this so hard, are you the right people we want to team up with? I ended up having to apologize to the GM at the time for my choice. Now, that was hard because my journalism, again, get the story, vet the story, confirm the story again, get another batch of sources and confirmation and then report it. Like that was my training and I followed my instincts and I followed my experience, but it wasn't right for the situation. I didn't consider all the consequences and I didn't understand the bigger picture. If I had taken a step back and thought about the consequences i may have made a different choice now this isn't a great example because in theory i did the right thing as the news director but also i would just say you have to always think big you have to think two three four months down the line five years down the line of what this how this will play out who else is affected by this how will this play for your just real big decisions all right number five we're going back again to the emotional side okay consider your gut this is controversial. I've read some research that says not to go with your gut. I've read others that say you should. I personally think your gut should be a part of your decision-making rubric. Your instincts have been honed by all your experiences, good and bad. It's it's like your mind's subconscious warning system. You don't think about it actively it just kind of comes to you I, I personally choose to believe this isn't actually your gut per se it is your subconscious brain that has been formed over your years of experience the more you do and the more you experience the more you see the more you're involved in the more that subconscious is developed and can supply you with instincts research shows that our instincts often first hit us on a visceral level telling us what we need to know well before our circ- consciousness catches up when making big decisions you've got to tune into your inner wisdom it is part of your mind's power and remember it is your mind that got you this far it got you to where you are in life so far so don't forget to actively use it in here it's part of your decision making now again back to process beware the decision traps particularly in group settings okay whenever humans gather because we talked earlier about researching and talking to other people and talking collectively in your group and having a democratic process. Whenever humans gather, we bring our biases, our histories and values to bear on the thinking. Power structure or personality issues in a group setting can suppress open dialogue. Groups are prone to falling in love with their solutions, suppressing objective and outside views. This is called groupthink. There are other many complex cognitive biases that alter your decision making. Fundamental attribution errors, peak end rule, group think, distinction bias, confirmation bias, hyperbolic discounting. I'll let you look these up, or not. The point is, keep it simple. Research, understand your goal, understand your goals and the problems. Consider the consequences. You listen to your gut and act. OK, number seven and final. Once you decide, believe in yourself and trust your process. Trust the process. 76ers didn't work for them, will work here. No one is inspired by a leader who waffles, right? trust your process and why you got to this point clearly communicate the decision provide a lens into why so that you can get other people's on board with the cho- other people not people's other people on board with the choice and move forward with power and passion it doesn't mean you ignore if you're if you've realized later on you made the wrong choice and to course correct it just means don't start immediately waffling okay you did this process you got yourself to this point believe in it People who work intentionally on strengthening their decision-making effectiveness prosper. They make big decisions. Man, I'm having trouble talking today, but I'm not this any of this out because it's just kind of flowing. These type of people that work intentionally on strengthening their decision-making effectiveness, they prosper, they make big decisions that set actions in motion, and they inspire confidence in the people around them. Right? Think about that. When you are around somebody that is really strong in making decisions, you look at them and say, That's a leader. They might not always be right, but I believe in them. And I know that they're going to make the tough call. Don't wing it. Don't rely too much on emotion. Don't rely too much on process. Balance. Visualize success. Define the problem. Fix it. Move forward with strength and clarity doesn't have to be hard to make decisions you just have to be able to make them i've known too many people in my career who were paralyzed by decision making and that always stalled their progress you have to be able to make smart decisions and move forward so do it thanks for listening everybody we'll be back on wednesday i want you all to prepare to vote i want you all to wear masks and be safe it just makes sense be good everybody